That was mostly just filler until people grabbed their seat anyway. So. Hey, thank you guys for giving up a Friday evening for this. Thank you for, uh, you give up a ton of nights <laughs> for this, but thank you for tonight, for being here, for carving out the space. I know for many of us, it's getting someone to watch your kids. Uh, it's getting someone to maybe feed your kids, getting someone to maybe make sure your kids don't burn your house down, all that kind of stuff. Uh, for many, it was driving a good distance. And so just grateful for all of you being here in this space we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, talking through what we call our MC pathways and then uh, really kind of zooming in on one piece of that. And then we're going to spend some more time in prayer tonight, just to kind of give you a trajectory of what we're, we're doing with the rest of our time here. And then uh, Kevin's going to come up and lead us through. Uh, we sent out a thing to you guys of like those of you who like to be prepared ahead of time, here's some questions to think through. And so we're going to spend some time doing that too. So all that to say, I'm not going to talk a really long time right now. That's to like let you know, don't worry, Chris will only have the mic for a little bit. And we're going to do some other things too. Is that Bob Marley in the background? What am I hearing? That's great. Um, but let me pray, and then we'll, we'll jump right into that. God, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for this space. Thank you for these people. Thank you for brothers and sisters here in this room, God, who are learning how to follow you more closely, learning what it means to spend time with you, and desire for others to grow in those things as well, and have carved out space in their lives to invite people into that, to serve other people well, to love on them, to help shepherd hearts, to help share good news, and all those things imperfectly and messy, and yet, God, you still work through us. You're still good. You're still in control. You are powerful. And you are loving. And so we thank you for that, God. We thank you for what you have done through this group of people in this room and what you have done in spite of the group of people in this room and what you will continue to do. God, help us to continue in a posture of open hands saying, here I am, Lord, use me, that you would make yourself known, your glory revealed, and that people would be invited into a better story. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so guess what, Missio? I'm going to draw some circles right now. Is that cool? I know. We don't do that often here, but just bear with me, okay? All right, so ooh, that's a pointer, not a, not a drawer. Arrows, too. We're getting crazy. Stop me if you've seen this one before. Don't really stop me. I'm, a, I'm on a roll. Okay, so... This is a, a little messy drawing of what we call our MC pathways. Uh, kind of like if you were saying, hey, I think I'm interested in leading an MC, like if someone said that, you guys have already said that, and we'd say, okay, here's, here's how we would start that, right? What do you think we should start with? Be bold, Brittany. Yeah, prayer. That's good. That's good. Good answer. Gold star, okay? 
You start with prayer. Why? Why do we start with prayer? It's God's mission, not ours. Great answer. Any other? You guys want to add to that? Fill it out? Or are we good with, like, the good answer? Are we good with that? It sounds great. Move on. Okay. <laughs> I like it. It's great, Chris. Just keep, let's keep this moving. Come on. It's already 7.35. Here we go. Don't worry, Keaton. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's a great answer. It's God's mission. He's the one who is calling us into it. It's probably a good idea to talk with him a little bit about it, right? And not just jump ahead of things. And so there's some specific things that we would invite somebody to pray through in that. Uh, but just to kind of fill out the rest of this diagram, then what we would have them start doing is, yes, it's alliterative, practice the blessed rhythms in a particular space or with a particular people, right? So our blessed rhythms, bless, listen, eat, speak Sabbath. Start just practicing those, right? Living that out, living out those rhythms, uh, and then as that happens, what we start to see, Lord willing, is the gospel gets planted. Gospel roots start to be planted in a particular uh, neighborhood or in the area of a particular need, right? Good news, the, the truth of the true story starts to take root. And as that happens and as people are seeing and experiencing the good news lived out through those blessed rhythms and through our words and through our actions and through relationships that we start building, uh, then a group of people start coming around that and the beginnings of a missio community start to form. And then we have this uh, great little document we created that we're calling Waypoints right now. I know it starts with a W, but there's a P in there, okay? Uh, it, so... Many of you are familiar with this uh, document where it's like, hey, here, here's what you do for year one with your MC. It's a really great tool to kind of just get you started, give you some. If you're going on a hike somewhere, right, and you use this All Trails app, and you're like, uh, where, where do I go, right? Like there's like these little like checkpoints, these waypoints to kind of know that you're going in the right direction. That was the hope behind creating those. And so uh, just to kind of give you like a, a path to move forward on, right? And then... The circle comes back around because at some point, too, you, you start having other people in your MC going, like, I, I think I maybe I'm feeling the spirit calling me into something as well. And so you start praying through, okay, what's next now that we've done this? What's next, God? What do you have next for us? And you might see that start to take root into another MC at some point, right? I know, that's a really shaky drawing, but you get the idea. So what I would love for us to do is look at the beginning and the end of that, prayer. We start with prayer, we end with prayer, but here's a little just pro tip, secret. We never stop praying, right? We never stop praying. You got to like do circles in a diagram, so you got to like have it on there somewhere and plot it on the map, but we're actually calling us and, and needing to be praying the whole way through. Years ago, I used to do this job where I would go into schools and we would do character and leadership development. And so we would go and do like classroom workshops and school-wide assemblies and we would do parent nights and we would do these teacher and staff development trainings after school. 
And I remember one time we were at a school doing these staff development trainings, right, like afterward. And this was a school we were supposed to do this with a year long with them. And so we were going to come back and do this several times throughout the year. And it was the first time we had a staff meeting. And we were talking about character and leadership development in the classroom, on the campus. What does that look like? And we got like five minutes into it. And one of the teachers like stands up. He didn't raise his hand. He stands up and he's like, hey, I don't have time for this. And I was like, sorry, dude, you got, a, you got an appointment? Like, you can go. I'm not keeping you here. He's like, no, I don't have time for all of this. Like, I, I have stuff I got to do in my classroom. Like, I have, I have a curriculum I got to stick to, right? And then I have, like, discipline that gets in the way of that. And I, and I have, like, all kinds of papers to grade. And I don't have time to add another thing to my plate as an educator. And I was like, dude, I totally get that. Like, that, it, it's hard being a teacher. I'm so glad I'm not a teacher. But I think sometimes we feel that way, like in what we're doing with ministry, right? We feel that way as MC leaders. And sometimes we, we talk about, like, things that we're calling one another into, and we go, man, that too? And what I tried to explain, not very well, to that teacher right there. Well, first I was like, hey, raise your hand next time just like you expect your students to. Sit down. <laughs> and then, I didn't do that. And then, uh, no, I was like, hey, man, I get that. Here's our goal. We're not trying to add a program onto your plate. But what we're actually helping us to see is that character development is something that happens in everything you do. Right? And so when you are teaching a student to raise their hand instead of just shouting out in class, you're teaching them respect, right? Uh, when, when you do have discipline moments rise up in your classroom and you have to address that, how do you do that in a way that's modeling the type of character that you want your students to display? And so our goal was to help them see, like, no, no, this is who you are. It's not another thing you do. And even though we put prayer on there as, like, one of those points on the pathway, what I'm saying is this is who we are. We are a people of prayer. This is not just something you do, and it's not a step. It's not just the first and the last step. We are a people of prayer, and we're invited into a posture that is praying constantly, all the time. So I'm going to give us some of those first things we're actually, the questions we're asking that we're praying through when we first start on that pathway. But then what I would like to do also, because that's really quick, and they're kind of like, I mean, really, you guys know your stuff. Like, they're going to be no-brainer questions. So then what I would love to do is kind of talk about what does that look like to have this posture of prayer ongoing. Does that make sense? You guys with me? So one of those first questions we would ask in prayer when you, you first are starting out is, first of all, Jesus, where are you already at work? When we started Cultivate Coffee in Sunny Slope, we went into that community with an understanding that there's a lot of brokenness in that neighborhood. But also with an understanding that there's a lot of beauty taking place already. And Sunny Slope didn't need the prebies or cultivate coffee to come in and rescue it. And so we asked the question, like, who's already doing stuff in Sunny Slope, and how can we partner with them, right? And so that's our starting place, is recognizing God is already at work. This is his world. This is his place. He loves it. He cares for it. And he is absolutely, I mean, we just sang this, right? He never stops working. 
we, we know he is constantly at work in his world. And there's no, like, area of the world where he's like, I'm just waiting for an MC to show up there before I can start doing something. Right? It, it's not dependent on us showing up. However, you get invited into what he's already doing. You get invited to come and partner with it. So that's the second question. First, Jesus, what are you already doing here? How are you already at work? And then second, Jesus, how can I partner with you in that? Those are the first things we're praying through before we start any of this. How can I partner with you in that work? And then that's how those blessed rhythms, as we start practicing those, that's stepping into that invitation of partnership and participation with what Jesus is doing. So you guys are already leading MCs. And you're like, this is great. Those are good, good questions. If someone asks me about starting an MC, I'm going to tell them those questions. Awesome, cool. We actually are desiring that we would be praying through those things constantly. Those same questions over and over. Because sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day and in the mundane, and we get caught up in, like, oh, who's bringing the pasta next Wednesday, right? And how come this dude only always brings chips? Like, hey, can you help out a little bit? And, like, people don't stick around and help clean up after. Like, we, get, we get caught up in all those things. They're like, what do we do with our kids? And all those things are good questions and problems to solve. But as we continue in this work, together we continue to pull each other back and say, hey, what is Jesus doing here? And the same way that we just stopped and shared stories right now about how we've seen Jesus at work through other people in our MC, we need those reminders together. What is Jesus already doing here so that we can celebrate, but also so that we can kind of fix our eyes and set our eyes back to what God is doing on, as John said, his mission, right? We, we get so caught up in like, what do I do? But what is Jesus doing here? So keep pulling yourselves back to that. Keep pulling your MC back to that. And then Jesus, how do we participate in that? Any questions on that? Cool. I want to now kind of transition from that. I think those are two great questions. Continue praying through those. Continue asking those. But I want to transition into kind of more of just this, what, what, what does it look like to be a people of prayer continually? And so the best way I can think of to start that is actually by looking at the words of Jesus. And so if you want to turn to Matthew 6, you can. I have it up on the screen here as well. As Jesus is teaching, uh, Matthew 6, you would find these a series of teachings there as, as part of the Sermon on the Mount from Matthews 5 through 7. In Matthew 6, you would see him teaching on fasting and giving and then prayer. And so this is where it picks up in verse 5. Jesus says this, and when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. And he says, pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. As we look at prayer, I want to examine these three words together. And yes, they're all going to start with the letter P as well. I never have worse handwriting than when I'm writing on an iPad for other people to read on a big screen. It's so bad. Priority, posture, and placemaking. Those are going to kind of ground us in, in the next, like, 10 minutes of me talking, okay? <laughs> and in the next 10 minutes of, of us dialoguing. Those three words. That we have a priority for prayer. That prayer is so important to us because we recognize we can't do this mission on our own. That we recognize as we are going into this work, not just of, of leading an MC, but of making disciples, of following Jesus even ourselves, but inviting other people into that story. That it is going to be incredibly hard. Has anyone experienced that? Is it just me? It's going to get rough. It's going to get messy. It's going to feel like you're in the trenches. There's going to be a lot of hurt. There's going to be a lot of confusion. There's going to be things that are just confusing and like you don't know what to do about it. If we are actually striving to do this work, then we have to have a priority for prayer. But that priority is not, God, would you, would you show up so that I could look better? And we hear that when Jesus is teaching and he's saying, hey, don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't pray in this way so that people would see. Like they love to stand up and pray in front of people so people would see how religious they are, right? And people would be like, oh, man, that person's really connected to the Lord. And that sounds weird to us. Like we don't have that context. We don't go and stand out on a street corner and pray out loud with these long-winded prayers. People would look at us, right, and think, whoa. Like, if you see someone doing that, you look at them and think, whoa, in a different way, right? And so we aren't doing that for that kind of attention. But, but do we have a, a prayer that is like, God, would you show up and would you, would you show your power here so that I don't fail? Or so that I don't look bad? Or so that this ministry could be successful and I could pat myself on the back? Like, what, what is the priority? Is the priority so that Missio would grow in numbers, we could have some more MCs scattered throughout the valley, and, and we could have more people sitting in our seats on a Sunday? Or is the priority that Jesus would be made much of? That God would receive glory? God, would you show up here so that this person would taste and see that the Lord is good? That this person who is lost and hurt and broken and in need, just as I am, would experience the good news and the hope of salvation in you? What is our priority in our prayers? I think it's, it's important for us to kind of 
stop sometimes and reflect and take inventory and ask ourselves that question. What's our goal here? How are we stepping into this? Make prayer a priority, but make sure your priority in praying is for Jesus to be the hero. Make sense? And then here's the next thing. We need this priority that we're praying for the power of God to show up. We need it. It's like if without Jesus showing up, without the power of his spirit, you're just beating your head against the wall. So, so make that a priority, but not so that you can continue to work on the mission for God. Jesus tells him, hey, listen, you can, uh, you can just go and pray in your room with the door closed and God's still, your father's still going to hear you. And he's going to see you, and he knows what you need even before you ask it. But then he also says, like, in a way, like, you don't have to go pray on your own. Because when he tells him, how do you pray? He says, our Father. Give us our daily bread. It's continually this communal language, right? And so don't hear that, like, go pray in your closet alone with the door shut as the only way to do it. But rather, what he's saying is, your priority isn't so that you be seen. And your posture is to recognize that you have a good dad who sees you no matter where you are because he's with you. And so we're not praying for God's power to show up so that we could perform better for him, but we're praying that Jesus would continue to be with us as we are doing his work with him. Do you see that shift there? Like, we're not performing for God. He's invited us to come work alongside him. When Jesus says, my yoke is easy, you know, that's a, that's a thing. Many of you have heard those sermon il- illustrations and, like, explaining what a yoke was, right? This thing that you would lay across two oxen. Two. Jesus has that yoke on him. It's my yoke, he says. And he's saying, come get in it with me. Come get strapped up to this with me and come walk with me. Come do this work with, alongside me. And so our posture of prayer is a recognition that we are constantly in the presence of God. That verse in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, I think it is, where Paul says, pray without ceasing. I remember hearing that when I was younger and just thinking, like, how does that work? Because, like, if my eyes are closed and my head's bowed and my hands are folded constantly. Like, I'm bumping into stuff, you know? Like, when do I get to stop and sleep and eat? Like, that was my understanding of what prayer was as a kid. Uh, But I think even though that sounds ridiculous, it has taken many, many, many years to get to this place of understanding what Paul really meant by that. A recognition that because the power and the presence of Jesus' spirit is constantly with us, we can constantly commune and communicate with him. And so in the same way that like every good relationship requires communication, you know, like I, I can't just like perform as a good husband and never speak to my wife. That's not going to go well, right? But I desire to have good communication, have these good talks with my wife. That if we are missing each other and misunderstanding each other, that I desire for that to be right, that we would sit down and listen to each other. Do you ever have moments where you feel like things, you're missing things with Jesus? Like, 
It doesn't feel quite right. And do you know he desires for you to sit down and listen? And he desires to listen to you? And so this posture that we can actually enter into prayer at any time, and it doesn't require like these magical words that we would say or a certain position that we put our bodies in. So this last Wednesday, RMC was getting together. And because I knew I was going to be talking about prayer tonight with you guys, I was like, I should probably uh, have RMC pray this week. Right? Like, that's, I've not been doing good at that as an MC leader. I'm going to teach on it. If I do it this week, then when Anthony and Jill are sitting here, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. We, no, we do that. That's right. Otherwise, like, they're going to show up and sit here and think, oh, this hypocrite. You know? Like, so I was like, that's my plan is we're just going to, like, we're going to pray over all of our Cultivate Youth Wednesday night the whole time. That's what we're going to do. And then we, we all get there that evening and... This person, I'm not, not to name names or tell this person's story, uh, but this, a person in our MC gets there and just went through a horrendous thing on that day. And so I can't share too much, but in honor of this person, but went through something terrible and needed help with it, like something that we legitimately and logistically needed to step in and help work out. And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, well, there goes prayer night, you know? <laughs> and Jesus is like, really? Like, you, you, you can't pray to me right now while you're dealing with this? Like, <laughs> like, we were praying the entire time, inwardly, right? Like, my thoughts were constantly just like, oh, Jesus, help out with this, please. What are we going to do? And then one of us at one point was like, after hours of trying to help through this situation was like, hey, can we just like all stop and pray with you? Can we pray for you? And so both were happening and both are important. That as we are actually going through the work, we're praying inwardly because we have a father who hears us even in the secret places. But then communally together, we could stop what we're doing and stop the work and say, let's cry out to our father right now who sees us and who hears us. Let's pray together. And so that's going to take me to my third one, placemaking. That even though you can have a posture of praying no matter what you're doing or where you're at, that we as people who are trying to lead and serve in our MCs, we have this incredible opportunity to set the table. And I'm convinced, I keep going back to this language because I think that's all we do in ministry. Like that's all we are able to do that we can create a space and set the table and invite people to come. But that's all we can do. Uh, and and that, I think that's true for whether it's like what you're doing on a Sunday, what you're doing in your MC, uh, having conversations with your neighbors, like wanting to share Jesus in multiple settings. But I think it's true for prayer too. That we actually are called to be creative and proactive and intentional in setting the table for prayer to happen. And I think at times we assume people are people of prayer, right? We assume people know how to pray. We assume people are practicing habits of prayer and entering into that rhythm. And a lot of times, like, when, when you do get people together to start praying in a group, you start to notice, like, oh, this is uncomfortable for people. They don't know what to say right here. They don't know what to do with their body, you know, as they're standing there and fidgeting around. 
And so how do we start setting a place, being placemakers for prayer? How do we start setting the table for that to take place? And again, I think what that comes through, and and then I'm going to turn to you guys and get some of your ideas, but what that comes through is a a mind shift of saying like, oh, we, it's not necessarily, hey, guys, let's circle up right now and we got to fold our hands and close our eyes and bow our heads and let's take time to pray. And we'll do the popcorn prayer and you just like pray as you feel led or we'll go and circle and everybody has to pray. Like, you know, we have all these like ways that it's been done in the past. But what if prayer is like it's more embodied? What if it's, guys, let's go walk around this place that we feel called to and as we're walking around, let's pray together. What if prayer was as we are sitting here and eating a meal and we're sharing stories of what our week's been like, that we actually pray in those moments together out loud, right? And so Scott's saying something that happened at his job. And without like, hey, guys, can we just all stop real quick and pray? Like, that's fine too. But what if I, what if I was just like, God, I just asked that you would show up in that relationship with Scott and his boss right now. And that's it. I don't need lengthy prayers for God to hear me, right? It doesn't have to be in a certain position or, or my body, like, bowed. Jesus is with us. We could pray right there. And so I would love for you in your tables right now, take a couple moments and just talk about what are some intentional, creative ways you can be placemakers for prayer. Invite your MC into a posture of prayer in different ways than maybe they might have experienced before. So take a couple minutes to do that, and then we'll share maybe a few of those together. I would love to hear maybe one or two share with the whole, the whole room. And as you're thinking about maybe who's going to share that, I just encourage you, if you sit down and have a conversation with like someone, like say a first date, for example, that's a good context, right? It's going to be awkward at first, right? You're not sure what to talk about. Uh, Maybe if you, it's a, your first time speaking in public, that's going to be awkward. You're going to feel awkward. I still feel awkward every single time. So I just want to encourage us, like, keep kind of pushing through it. When you set the table and you invite people into these things, they might feel awkward at first. And some of them might, like, it, that didn't go well, you know, like, that, that was a failure. But just keep pushing through it and keep practicing those rhythms together. Uh, and practice some prayers that are just listening, too. All right, so let's hear one or two, and then Amy's going to lead us in some actual prayer. What are some things that you guys came up with at your table? Maybe you heard someone else say, and you're like, that's really good. 